Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. A lot going on this week. A lot going on in the world this week of news, sports, entertainment, football. You you know what's going on out there. But the topic for today is that I am not, and I am stating emphatically, Doc is not with cancel culture. But I am going to tell you what I am with. I am with publicly shaming those who make assholes, fools, and imbeciles of themselves. I am with humiliating them, causing them some friction in their lives because they're going out of their way to cause people who have never done anything to them friction in their lives. I am with calling them out on their nonsense. Okay, shunning is a hard one. I don't know if we should actually shun or as we humiliate shame and call them out that they will gain some form of accountability. They have to be responsible. I mean, everybody has to be responsible. And that includes Strange Talk with Doc. I have to be responsible for my words because they come with consequences. Almost everything that we do is cause and effect. You drive too fast at night. You don't turn on your lights. You can crash into a medium. You can kill someone. So this cause and respect, uh, cause and effect. Should there be punishments? Yes, people should be punished for what they do. Now, naturally, nationally, internationally, taking their livelihoods away, I don't really believe that that's to fit punishment. But there should be punishments, once again, that falls under consequences for your actions. But if you punish someone, you must then give them a second chance. If they get a second chance, they sincerely apologize they make some form of amends and don't ever do it again, then they can come back. People come back from all kinds of things. It's amazing that we shun, we cancel people who say things, their opinions, but people idolize serial killers. People idolize pedophiles. People idolize murderers. Um, People idolize celebrity status for no apparent reason. Uh, they go out of their way to say that they are not guilty, even though they can be uh, evidence all the way up from the bottom of the ground to the top of the world, uh, Empire State Building. And you know what? We need to get out of the cult of personality, cult of uh, celebrity and start thinking about things rational. We as a society have gone buck wild with celebrity worship, uh, which leads to all this Illuminati nonsense, leads to cult worship. It leads to people believing that everybody who has any little bit of success is a devil worshiper. And that's all bullshit. I mean, some of these people may genuinely be. They might be. That might be their form of religion. We do not know, but I'm not in anybody's personal life. So I don't put anybody in that box. Nobody, no matter what I see them do, I don't care what their videos look like. Unless they say it for themselves, nobody is anything until they say it. I'm not the judge and the jury on other people's lives. Uh, are there people that I have totally canceled? I can't personally say I've stopped listening to anybody's music because of this or stopped watching your movies because of this. I mean, 
what are we supposed to do? Never watch a Woody Allen movie again. We're never supposed to listen to anything from Def Jam because of uh, Russell Simmons. Uh, are we not supposed to? And some people still enjoy R. Kelly's music. I mean, so it's 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 a it's a tricky subject. I mean, you tread lightly because you know if you want to throw rocks, make sure you don't live in no glass house, man. Be careful; those stones can bounce back. That might not even be glass; it might be, it might be uh, plastic, and it looks like glass because it's clear. And you wind up getting hit in the face with your own bullshit. Because what happens to when you get canceled in life? I mean, we give rapists, we give murderers, we give pedophiles second chances in society after they do their prison terms. So, like I said, to, to, in a short synopsis, humiliate, shun make them have accountability, suffer some consequences, make sure that they sincerely apologize, make amends, stop following the masses. Don't let other people tell you how you should judge somebody. You have to judge according to your heart, your mind, your soul, and your moral compass. You cannot carry somebody else's moral compass. And I talked about that on a show previously. So you know what? Not with the cancel culture. But I am with some things, and I explained those things to you, and I hope that they made sense to you, and I hope some of those things, if you have not thought about before, that you would think about them when you just generally dismiss or discard another human being. Okay, so now on to the regular portion of our show. Gina Lola Bridger, a very beautiful woman in her youth, died at the age of 95. She was a celebrity actress back in the days. Jay Briscoe. The brother of Mark Briscoe, Indies legend, R-O-W, Ring of Honor and Indies legend, died at the age of 38 in a car accident this week. We, uh, you know, a lot of people really like Jay Briscoe, and I'll say briefly, I checked him out. The redneck persona, when I first got him and his brother, I didn't get it. It took me several times to actually watch them and say, you know what, there's some talent there, this, uh persona that they're pulling off if it's not even who they really are because i never met the man they pull it off so well that it was believable and i could see how people enjoyed it i learned to enjoy it myself in grisham california we had a home massacre a 10 month old and a 16 year old girl were also people that were murdered i believe six people were murdered in this killing uh how you don't leave the baby. I don't never understand, but there's truly evil in this world. A 10-month-old can't recognize anyone. A 10-month-old can't testify against anyone. A 10-month-old cannot make a composite drawing uh, with the help of all the cops in the world. A 10-month-old can't ID you. This 10-month-old's life should have been spared. Uh, I just think that it's so wicked that somebody would say, I need to execute an infant. And when they're going to have to deal with their soul, I don't know how they sleep at night, and they might sleep well, but I will never understand something like this. This is beyond my comprehension, and I don't want to understand this. I think that's even better. I do not want to understand this. I have empathy. I have sympathy for those who love these people. I don't know what they were involved in, and it's none of my damn business. But that baby did not have to die. Chris Ford, who was a Boston Celtic, 
three-time champion, one time as a player, two time as an assistant coach, passed away at the age of 74. He also was the very first person to make a three-pointer in NBA history. So Mr. Chris Ford's name will live on in NBA annals because you'll never be the first, right? David Cosby of Cosby, Stills, Nash, and sometimes Young, and also the Birds died at the age of 81. Unfortunately, I had thought that David Crosby had passed away before, and I guess I was totally wrong. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, but David Crosby with the Birds and this group are both legendary. You can go and check out some of his music. In California, a suburb outside of Los Angeles, who can Tran, a 72-year-old male, killed 10 people and wounded 10 others. And it was a ballroom dance celebrating the Lunar New Year celebration. Now, unfortunately, he was not caught at the scene. So they had to have a manhunt for this dude that lasted through the night. And they found him finally dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound the very next day. This was in the Monterey, L.A., section of los angeles now what's very troubling about this not only did he kill these people he probably knew a lot of these people because come to find out he owned this ballroom dance club he was an instructor there and the fact that some people didn't release his name to the media instantly when they have had to know the person who owned the building especially if he was a hands-on type owner and i say rest in peace to those people and the 10 wounded i hope that their injuries do not cause any lifelong effects. I mean, psychologically, they'll probably never be the same. When we have these mass shootings, the victims are also the people who were left on the scene. The people who witnessed this, the people who were only injured, they are damaged for life also. Now, customers was eating inside this local taqueria and, uh, Houston, Texas, when this 30-year-old Eric Eugene Washington entered, and what they did not know at the time, he was pointing a fake pistol at them, and he robbed them at gunpoint. Now, the issue with this is Mr. Washington was then shot dead by a customer inside this taqueria. Now, the first three shots, I say, is a good shot. The fourth through nine, I can't really account for so much. He stood over the man. He gave him a coup de grace shot, possibly in the head. And the major problem is that this man who did this crime and had the wherewithal to not only pick up the pistol, which he shouldn't have done because now he was tampering with evidence and he put his prints on Eugene Eric's, I mean, Eric Eugene Washington's gun, which turned out to be fake. He also returned all the money to the customers who were robbed. This dude should have stayed at the scene. He should have, I mean, this is for all you CCW, all you people who might have to one day get involved in a shooting, a shooting, and you need to be justified. Stay on the scene till the cops appear. Remove yourself from your pistol. Remove that magazine from the, uh, from the, the gun. Take anything that you have in the chamber out Stay there. Talk to the police. Get this down on writing. Do not be two weeks later not able to be found because I got a feeling 
that, okay, this is Texas and people will come to this man's defense, but because of the amount of shots and the fact that he left, maybe he wasn't righteous himself and he's going to probably be brought up on charges when all he wanted to do was protect himself. See, maybe a jury of 12 would not have convicted him of anything, even if he was a felon, because he was protecting himself, even though the first three shots did hit him in the back. But I understand that. Understand, you don't know if this dude is going to turn around at any point and shoot you in the face. So you want to defuse the situation and you want to use as much deadly force as possible. But once a person goes down, you do not have the right to shoot to kill. You have to shite the right to shoot to stop, to stop the threat. Once you go overboard and stopping the threat, you become the one who's going to have to face a jury. And, uh, as a gun owner, I keep that in the forefront of my head. There is no CCW te written test that you will ever take where the question is about accountability, reasonability, proportionality of a shooting. And you have to keep that in mind. Anytime you draw your pistol, you must keep that in mind. So T-Mobile had a data breach and 37 million or more customers uh, information was stolen by hackers. It's very dangerous. I mean, now you might do it, but I don't do it. I don't conduct business on my cell phone. I love my cell phone. I use my cell phone just like you do. Tweets, mail, stuff like that. No banking. I don't pay for anything via my cell phone. I keep no credit card information via my cell phone. I don't keep my cell phone linked to my computer, my PC, or my tablet. But that's on you. If you feel comfortable doing it, make sure that you have the proper uh, spyware, anti-hacking tools up to date on your mobile tablet devices. Now, a Los Angeles jury on Tuesday that passed declared that former porn star Ron Jeremy is mentally incompetent to stand trial on double on dozens of rape and sexual assault counts. Now, me not being a female and not understanding what it goes, means to go through being sexually assaulted by anybody, not that males can't be, but I'm saying in this situation, this seemed to be male on female sexual assaults and rapes. Women, don't wait till this can happen to you. If you have the opportunity to go to the law, speak to clergy, get this on paper that somebody has done this to you. Do not wait 20, 30 years down the line where a person could actually get to the point where they become incompetent to even understand that they're being punished. Ron Jeremy, I'm sure at this point in time from the sight of him, looks like he's happy that somebody's feeding him with a spoon and that he has a bathroom to use, even if it's on his own self. So don't wait if you can. Too many of these cases that we're seeing in the Me Too or generation are coming up 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years in some cases later. I don't know if it takes that long for a woman to feel secure. It takes that long for a woman to feel confident, strong, to get over the initial uh, attack, but come out with the information to somebody. Get this thing on paper somewhere, somehow, even if you just write it in a journal and 
and have a notary stamp it so that you are stating emphatically that this happened to me and it happened to me at this time. And if you're waiting for others, then you can add your name. But I'm not trying to overstep my bounds as far as the women of the world go and what they should and should not do. But this is just a suggestion. If you never heard it, you got to make sure that if you want somebody to pay, you never know what condition they'll be in a day from now, two weeks from now, 10 years from now. And you know what? You don't want them, if you want them to pay as they did the crime in their youth, then you have to speak while they still have youth in them. Because Ron Jeremy's got to be like 69 years old. He looks 99 years old. I have no empathy or sympathy for what he did to these women, especially being a porn star. He's had more than enough sex in his life that he should have never had to butch, take, coerce any woman into any situation. Now I watched a little bit of TV this week. I watched this documentary from 2019 called Peer Kids. Peer, if you're from New York, you know the Chelsea Peers. This really dealt with the Christopher Street section of the Chelsea Peers in Manhattan, where it followed this Krista LaBeja, a dude named Casper, and a Deshaun around. They were mostly homeless kids from the Chelsea Pier area. Now, they didn't get involved with a lot of drug use. I think that once maybe they showed them smoking a blunt, drinking a beer. But, I mean, you know, there were things that were missing. Street kids, subculture kids, drag kids. There's probably going to be some drugs around. I would have really loved a year later follow-up. There was a death to one of the main characters that they followed, Casper. It was death was never explained. Was it a homicide? Was it an OD? Was it natural causes? The viewing audience deserved to know, especially when they did such a big segment on him. And then very next segment, he was in a coffin. It was kind of upsetting because you, you get to start feeling for these children. I mean, these young people. And then the next thing you know, they had his funeral and we never found out why. I mean, even at the end when they were, closing up shots and doing the credits they didn't put anything up there like r.i.p to casper who died of blah 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 so we didn't know it didn't look like he was sick or, but i can't make that determination but it this was very good documentary and if you're a new yorker and you're not gay bisexual or into soliciting young gay bisexual lesbian people you really stayed away from the Christopher Street Pier at Chelsea. I mean, the rest of Chelsea Piers is great. I Plenty of times I went over there to play basketball. Plenty of times I went over to the driving range. Uh, if you know, it's on the West Side Highway. Anybody in New York knows Chelsea Piers. I remember when it was built, they had like a gymnasium for young ladies and men who were into gymnastics. So this is a, uh, people park their boats there. This is a really happening area. But the, let's say the quote unquote gay section is the, anything on the Christopher Street side. And if a guy goes there, more than likely he's not even telling his buddies that he ever been there because everybody knows what happens on over there. I also watch BMF, which is acronym for Black Mafia Family. Uh, we're on episode two. Season two, the Flannery car ride service is having issues with another car ride service. Uh, that was all right. 
Meech got shot because he didn't want to listen. People kept telling him that Lamar was out there, but he refused to believe that Lamar wasn't dead and he wound up having to catch a bullet. The show also dealt with Devil's Night. I mean, I'm from New York. We really didn't have what you would call a Devil's Night or Purge Night or anything like that. But it revolves around Halloween and how these people were actually in a point in time in Detroit where they were burning people's homes down to the ground. It's kind of fucked up. And the Flannery brothers' father, Charles, has woman issues. He's having issues with his wife. He also has a woman that's coming on to him hard and strong. And we're going to see where that develops. Now, this cop that's chasing the Flannery brothers and Meech in particular, they have him over the top. He's too super copy. I mean, he's he's coming at the people who don't have warrants. He's watching a kid get shot in the street and basically hoping for his death instead of trying to reach out and do the right thing. And then I also watched the return of the Godfather of Harlem. Bumpy owes the five families $3 million. And he was told by Joe Colombo that he has to pay up the debt. And we go into the details of what he does to come up with this money. The Malcolm X character in Godfather of Harlem has changed. If you have not noticed, a different actor is now playing Malcolm X in Godfather of Harlem. I recommend Godfather of Harlem. I'm sure they take like license, uh, uh, artistic license with the show because we're getting around to the time where the real Bumpy is almost dead. Martin Luther King, I mean, Malcolm X should be dead. Uh, there was no time when the federal government pumped $3 million into banks back in the early and late 60s uh, and gave that to Black Bank. That's bullshit. You know it, I know it. $3 million in 1964 equates to almost $30 million in today's standard. No black, I mean, no white politician would sign off on a bill like that. I watched Bob Hart's Abishola. Bob and Abishola were differing over should Delhi finally get a car and the nonsense that went on with that. And how this car is going to really screw him up. He's going to become a chauffeur for his two grandmothers, per se. Christina helped Doug out in the office, and Doug's bitch ass didn't give his sister credit for coming up with the ideas. I also watched this show called Will Trent. I'm trying to get into this. He's kind of like monk meets good doctor type dude. He works with the GBI, Georgia Barrel Investigation. Nobody seems to like him, at least none of the police like him. He's a highly abused, highly scarred individual. I'm talking physical scarration on his body. He must have some backstory that's out of control. I watched Saturday Night Live with this Aubrey Plaza and Sam Smith. This show was a true and utter abomination. It, the skits go on too long, as my wife would like to say. Aubrey Plaza tried to play a bizarre character in every skit she was in. Stan Smith, I didn't understand what kind of performance art he was doing. The man has a great library of music, and he chose not to sing it. He did one song where uh, a lady seemed like he was giving birth to a lady like uh, the Ghosts of Christmas Past. Another song, 
he had Sharon Stone lay on an ottoman in front of him while he sung Gloria in Gorgarian style. It, it was it was bizarre. I can't recommend uh, Saturday Night Live season forty eight. Season forty seven sucked, but season forty eight seems to be sucking too. Next week they're gonna have uh, Little Baby and Michael B. Jordan as the host and musical guests. Maybe you might enjoy that more. Next week we also have the Royal Rumble, WWE's Royal Rumble. We're gonna have the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. The Raw's women champion, Bianca Belair, is taking on Alexa Bliss. You got the Men's Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble, and we got Bray Wyatt versus L.A. Knight in a pitch black match. I have no clue what a pitch black match is. They haven't explained a lot. I'm hoping that it's not a dark arena where we just hear, (laughs) you know, stupid shit like that. I'm hoping, uh, I mean, but pitch black should mean pitch black right i don't know now as far as i'm concerned we have raw triple x which is 30 years short for 30 years is tonight monday night raw 30th anniversary is tonight uh sammy zane and the bloodline are having serious frictions i don't know how that's going to play itself out uh in the roman reigns kevin owens title match next week and Alexa Bliss being once again aligned with Bray Wyatt and that family, I don't know how that's going to affect Bianca Belair. But I don't see them taking Roman's title, Bianca's title, at the same time heading into WrestleMania. I think if they want to do anything, they have to let this thing go on a little longer with Kevin and Alexa. The men's Royal Rumble, I I don't know who the surprise contenders are or or anything like that. The the women's, I see Ronda Rousey winning this way that she's back in contention for a title shot at the upcoming uh, WrestleMania. And if not Ronda Rousey, I see, let me see, Becky Lynch winning. I don't really see Bailey winning it. The men's, let me see. Let me just guess. Who do I see winning this? Uh I see now if the Royal Rumble was held after the title match, Kevin Owens is going to re-win the Royal Rumble. If not, I see surprise Brock Lesnar out of nowhere, which would make no sense, but don't hold me to that. We had UFC 283. And in UFC 283, Jamal Hill became the first champion from the Dana White contender series. The first one. So now it actually gives some approval and a thumbs up that the Dana White Contender Series does develop and produce good fighters. Glover Teixeira announced his retirement following the conclusion of 283. Former champ, UFC champ, and former Pride champion Mauricio Shogun Hua also retired at this UFC 283. Junior uh, Jose Aldo Jr., and I always say that wrong, is Jose Aldo Jr., became the first 2023 inductee into the UFC Hall of Fame. Now, let me go through this card briefly. Jamal Hill defeated Glover Teixeira in a great bloodbath uh, by unanimous decision. 
it was a good decision for Jamal. I mean, these two went at it. Glover is tough as nails, man. This was a great fight. If you're not going to watch anything else and you've never seen UFC and you want to see a good fight, you want to see some blood, you want to see some guys give it all, tune into this fight. Brandon Moreno won back his title by defeating Devison Figueroa in the third round. It was a doctor stoppage due to Figueroa's eye being closed and he could not see. Uh, Figueroa, to say that he was poked in the eye is bullshit. It is bullshit. He was punched in the eye, and that's what caused the closures. I did not appreciate how the people of Brazil treated Brandon Marino as he left the ring. This man went out there and he fought as a champion. He won as a champion, and to have things thrown on him is disgusting. And fuck you fans of UFC in Brazil for doing this. Gilbert Burns put Neil Magny in an arm triangle in the first round and submit him. Jessica Andrade just walked through Lauren Murphy and won a unanimous decision. Johnny Walker beat Paul Craig in the first round on punches, TKO punches. Uh, Craig made a major mistake. He grabbed Johnny Walker's leg, and he caught some backhands for it, and that was basically it. Uh, Iho Portorera defeated Shogun Hu in the first round by TKO and punches. Uh, he was putting up the best fight that he could, but I'm so glad to see Shogun finally say, enough is enough. Walk away. Get the love that you deserve, but take no more damage. So I appreciate the career he's had. And, you know, this dude's been a champion every way he's went. In a fight that kind of surprised me, Bruno Ferreira defeated Gregory Rodriguez in the first round by knockout. I expected a lot more from Gregory Rodriguez. I thought this dude was going to go on and challenge for the title, but, you know, things happen. Tiago Moses and uh, Melagala Costa, uh, he beat him by neck crank in the second round submission. Uh, Gabriel Bofin defeated Mansoor Lassie by guillotine choke in the first round. His younger brother also fought in this card. His younger brother also fought in this card and actually won by knockout in the second round. We had basically, you know, uh, that was it. Oh, no. His brother beat Terrence McKinney via second round knockout with a knee strike. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, So the two brothers which is now the eighth pair of siblings fighting in the UFC at the present time. They both won their debuts. Now, our next upcoming card is going to be on February 4th. Derek Lewis is fighting Sergey Spivak at the Apex Center on ESPN+. You can go online and check out the details of that card. UFC, February 4th, Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak at the apex center on espn you can go check that out and find out who the participants of that is nba action monday that we only give me what i consider to be the best games of the week and nothing else monday we got the grizzlies versus the kings tuesday we got the celtics versus the heat the lakers versus the clippers the Cavs versus the knicks 
Wednesday, you got the Nets versus the 76ers, the Nuggets versus the Bucks, the Grizz versus the Warriors. Thursday, you got the Mavs versus the Suns, the Knicks versus the Celtics. Friday, you got the Bucks versus the Pacers. Saturday, the Battle of New York, the Knicks versus the Nets, Lakers versus the Celtics. Sunday is the Pelicans versus the Bucks and the Cavs versus the Clippers. We are definitely deep into the NFL playoffs, people. And guys like Tom Brady and uh, what's this idiot, Aaron Rodgers, are taking some shine off of guys that are playing by making uh, statements. Uh, I'm moving. I'm retiring. I'm not going to be here. Why these guys can't wait to at least the Super Bowl, two weeks after the Super Bowl, let the guys who are playing get all the shine. Do they need, does Tom Brady, with all the accomplishments he has, need any more attention? Does Aaron Rodgers really need any more attention at this particular time by stating, I might retire, I might not retire, I might move on? This is not the time or the place. There's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes you let other people shine when it's their time. And when it's a dead media period, then you come out with your story. The Chiefs were led by a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, which I don't understand why the Jaguars never blitzed him. They never came at him hard after they even knew that he was injured, and they beat the Jags 27-20. to 20. And This is their fifth straight AFC championship game. Uh, that's the biggest take that I have from this game. Mahomes was clearly compromised. And the Jags did not send the dogs. I don't care, man. It wasn't like he had the arm strength to to complete 70-yard passes. He had, You could tell that he was compromised, but he was also still smart. This is still Patrick Mahomes. That brain is intact. It's the leg and the ankle that was hurt. I don't know going forth what this would mean, but I we'll get to later what I think will happen next week. The Eagles pounded the Giants' ass 38-7. The Eagles finished with 268 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. They had a 28-point lead. Uh, this was one of the most lopsided first-half shutouts in NFL history. The Giants had no answers on how to stop that running game. It was like a five-headed monster, a little Hurd, a little Boston, a little Sanders. It, it, they just ran the ball down the Giants' throats, and the Giants had no answers. The Bengals have returned to the AFC Championship game. They routed the Bills in snowy Buffalo 27-10. Joe Mixon ran for 105 yards and a touchdown. Joe Barrow didn't have his most outstanding game, but he was pretty damn good. He went 23-36 for 242 yards and two touchdowns. The Bills played a dud of a fucking game. On offense, they had nothing rolling, nothing at all rolling. And actually, Joe Barrow had a touch, had another touchdown to Lamar Chase, but that one was overturned. So it would have been a bigger day. And this game was really never in, uh, in doubt. The Bengals just seemed better than them. This was in Buffalo's home. I don't know if the window of opportunity is closing for the Bills. You know, you got to have more than a mafia and a dream. You got to actually have guys, you know, Stefan Diggs and these other people around him. Uh, you got Davis, 
you have Knox, but it just for some reason it just didn't flow. I mean, or the the Bengals just had an answer for everything they were doing. And the 49ers closed out my Cowboys season yesterday, 1912, to advance to the NFC championship game. This was the 49ers 12 straight win. The Cowboys lost for a record seven straight time in the divisional round and have failed to make the NFC title game since winning the fifth and last Super Bowl following the 90, 1995 season, which makes me a disgusted football fan today because this is just ongoing. I cannot say that I believe in Dak. Dak is just a glorified version of Cousins because he plays in Dallas. He's a glorified version of Derek Carr because he plays in Dallas. There's levels to this. There's the Patrick Mahomes, there's the Joe Barrows, and then Josh Allen, and then, you know, I guess Lamar, and then you get to that middle good pack of just good players, which is going to be your Dax, your Carr. See, Watson, I don't know where he really falls into all this. And see, Watson is a, is a, is a definite uh, part of, do you cancel? Do you cancel Watson? Or do you give Watson a second chance if you felt that he has the proper contrition? But that's on you. Now, me personally, uh, Kelvin Moore, who's the offensive coordinator, I would get rid of him. He called a horrible game. He involved nobody else in his Cowboys offense other than C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Uh, they barely went to Gallup, Michael Gallup, at all. They threw the ball to T.Y. Hilton once or twice. Dan Quinn called a good defensive game because if you think about it, he held the 49ers to 19 points. But Dallas really had no chance to win this game when Tony Pollard got injured, and they had no faith in Brett Meyer kicking. Now, he wound up kicking two field goals, but on one drive, they went for it on fourth down when maybe they would have went for a field goal at that particular time. We don't know how this game would have turned out if they had complete confidence in this young man who actually kicked a 60-yarder to win a game this same season but developed these yips in the last three weeks of the season plus the two weeks of the playoffs. And also I have to give credit to George Kittle. He made a hell of a huge uh, fumbling and bumbling and falling catch that was humongous. I thought that Diggs had a chance to hit him while that ball was in the air. And he actually, instead of hitting him, he missed him. You can look up the play online. You can go to YouTube and see it. I'm sure people are making fun of it on Instagram. How he didn't lay a hand, a finger, or anything on that ball as George Kittle. It was like Diggs was doing anything he could to avoid contact. I thought he had a very bad game, Diggs. He, he was always standing around, not making tackles. He dropped a big interception that hit him in the belly. I mean, it, you know, my Cowboys, damn, I'm going to have to deal with Stephen A. Smith today. Boy, that's going to be a bitch. But it is what it is. So our final four is the Chiefs versus the Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals, who seem to have the Chiefs number, especially with an injured Mahomes. I got them going into KC and actually beating uh, the Chiefs. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a hard-fought game. It's going to be a lot of points scored. 
And I'm going to, because I hate the Eagles, but I hate the 49ers because of history with the 49ers and the Cowboys. Uh, you know what? I think that the Eagles have more weapons than the 49ers. And uh, Hertz doesn't seem to make a lot of turnovers. So I'm going to take the Eagles to beat them. And the Super Bowl will be the Eagles versus the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my prediction as of today. That could change, but I don't do another podcast between now and the next time these games will be played. So I guess I'm going to have to stand on my sword on that. On my next week's show, my next show is going to deal with podcasters. Are you ready to quit podcasting? Now, that's all I can tell you for now. I have my reasons. I have my thoughts. I put out feelers for people who might be feeling that way, and I would like to interview them. Not that I want to make any determination, uh, tell them what they should or should not do, or even convince them of doing this one way or another. I'm just open to hearing why would you want to give up? What is your reasoning? Maybe I can learn something just from somebody's reasoning why they don't want to do anything anymore. And remember, be careful about cancel culture because for the grace of God goes you being canceled by those around you. And I'm going to tell you, like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours.